3: And welcome to the Born in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host Chris Broad and we're joined this week by Not Pete Donaldson. Thank you Pete for taking over uh, a few episodes ago when I was off in the mountains doing something. We've been doing this podcast for two years now and we haven't missed a single episode and we kind of almost missed it the other day. Well done Pete, you rescued it. God bless. But the reason I was not there, guys, is I've been on the road filming Journey Across Japan with my good friend Joey. And it is Joey who joins us this evening. Joey, how are you doing? I'm good. Hello, it's me, not Pete. <laughs> it's not Pete. It's not Pete. How are you
1: doing? Yeah, I've been all right. Just a bit tired. <laughs> tired? Yeah, I don't know if the audience
3: can hear from our voices, but uh, yeah. yeah,
1: it's been a it's been an intense week to say the least, that's
3: for sure. I've been so bad at doing anything this week. I don't think I've responded to a single email. My family's rung, I've turned down their call. Like we this has been such a tough, intense week, guys. Yeah. Um like for those of you who don't know, we've been doing Journey Across Japan, The Lost Islands. It's uh, the third series of the Journey Across Japan saga. We were joined by Natsuki who's uh-huh. uh, unfortunately left us. Sounds like he's dead. He's <laughs> he's left, he's, come he's, back. he's gone back home to run his Wonderful But well, he was there for every other
1: day, though, which is good. Unlike the last
3: Journey Across mm. Japan when he was only there for, what, two days? Yes, it? yes. Yeah, he, uh, this time around, he was the, here for the whole time. Absolutely. Like It was more like Journey Across Japan Natsuki's Holiday, I felt <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah, Chris <laughs> Chris was like, oh, no, I don't, I don't know if we should rebrand it to Journey Across <laughs> Japan Natsuki's Holiday or not, because it really was. I'm. I, you know, I'm glad. Like, It felt like charity. Charity work. <laughs> Getting to
1: Charity <laughs> one to, to take
3: that ski around And uh, and show him Kyushu. I did a good thing <laughs> I'm, the, I'm, a, I'm a good person <laughs> uh, But Joey and I Will be talking about What we did on Journey Across Japan This past week And it was intense Like uh, far more intense Than the last season We did back yeah. in autumn yeah. um, Far more action packed uh, So we're talking about What we did there But uh, yeah Sorry for dropping the ball On the podcast guys And and, uh, for dropping the ball On everything Disgraceful Disgraceful I haven't had any videos out In the past few weeks The last one was The fried chicken one with Connor. And I oh, think really? quite a lot of people think I just died after that. Had some sort of heart attack. <laughs> with the
1: amount of chicken you ate, yeah.
3: Yeah, which would have been a, a fair assumption to make. But uh, no, there's been no videos because of that. Though there was a video that came out last night on Tokyo Creative where <laughs> I made food. I made chocolate. It's a, a broad in a pan. A broad in a pan. A broad in a pan. It's the cooking series... Nobody deserves. It's like your whole career was built up for that one pun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, but no, I about a month ago, uh, Aki, your girlfriend, yeah, and Emma and Charla made me chocolates, mm-hmm. and then I reviewed it, and then I returned the favour for White Day uh, a month later. And uh, I knocked up some dishes uh, Some were better than others Aki was quite lucky She got the the one good edible thing Which yeah, were donuts
1: That's good Yeah And yeah. Even though you said in the video That you were going to
3: give some to me I I never received those donuts I, well, don't, I don't know what she did with them She but... probably ate them Because they're so damn good, Joe. Yeah, probably They're the most delicious, tasty donuts <laughs> um, But go and check out that video I won't be be around the bush. It was a shit show. (laughs) Um, My cooking was so bad. Um, But it was was fun to be in the kitchen for the first time since 1997. I think that's the first time. What were you doing in 1997? Cooking the kitchen. Oh, wow. Making, like, chocolates... With my hands, it was, I think it was day school. Play pre, was it preschool? I don't know. Thank God you brought back a the pan fourteen years later. It, yeah, the first and last time oh, a broad I brought twenty-four pan. years later. Oh my God, nineteen ninety-seven was twenty-four years Stop ago. Stop making me feel old, Joe. Ah. It's my birthday next week, and I'm trying to forget about that. How old are you? D- don't d- no, no. <laughs> Natsuki's forty-seven. Believe it or not, but I'm going to be thirty-one. Thirty-one, and I don't see any birthday presents coming from you. Well. I mean, we can talk about that later. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, journey across Japan, the Lost Islands. We're currently in Nagasaki in a hotel room mm-hmm. um, with a nice view overlooking the city. We've just been in the onsen on the, the rooftop of the hotel, so mm-hmm. we're very relaxed. and.
1: Yeah, I'm, like, ready for bed, basically. Ready for <laughs> bed.
3: We're practically in bed. This episode should be called In Bed with Jerry and Chris. Actually, that's probably a bad Yeah, idea. that's not a good idea. But, anyway... <laughs> I have to say, Nagasaki has exceeded all expectations. We've been here two days now, mm. and it's a really cool city, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's it's very... Uh, I, I mean, I didn't know anything
1: about Nagasaki mm. right up until I came here, because, believe it or not, it's was my first time in Kyushu ever. Jesus, really? Yeah, like, Journey Across Japan just opened me up to an entirely new area of Japan that I've never been
3: to, well, so... Uh, Kyushu is an incredible place, like, mm. there's nowhere else in Japan like it, so Kyushu is Japan's most southern main island yep. of the four, and it's... Probably the most volcanic island, I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, certainly the most amount of uh, mountains and volcanoes I'd ever seen. Yeah, it's just uh, Kyushu is just a pile of volcanoes. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we've been very, very close to two of them. So on the first day, mm. over recent weeks on this podcast, guys, you know I've uh, I've been worried about this Cessna flight. And I've been talking on the podcast, right? Oh, right, right. I've been telling everyone, like, I'm scared about going in a Cessna, <laughs> going in a single-engine plane. Yeah. But... We did it. We yeah. actually went in it, and it was surprisingly fucking terrifying. Yeah, no, it, it was really scary. Yeah, we survived. We that's, survived. That's why you're here in
1: this podcast. But, uh,
3: I was scared. You were scared at one point. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean I'm i stuck in a metallic box <laughs> over an active volcano. I mean, that's the thing, right? I've, I've had a mild fear of flying. Mm. First of all, we got in the Cessna, and it was extremely hot. It was like 36 degrees in there, right? I mean, it might have felt like 36 degrees. It was more like 29 degrees. Right. Right. It, yeah. it, might, it felt like a lot. It was like a sauna It was, like sauna <laughs> it, it was with pretty wings. hot in there, though, yeah. It was a sauna with wings. Yeah. And it took off, and then it just it shook. It was like a... You know when a dog picks up a toy and just goes... And just throws it around <laughs> its mouth? It was a bit like that. It'd be like yeah. tossed around like a bloody dog toy. And... Uh, it's a bit like a roller coaster because the plane Hmm. sort of jumps and goes up and down quite a lot. You you get that kind of
1: feeling in your stomach of just getting all your insides getting rattled around now. I hate that
3: feeling. It's the (laughs) the sole reason why I hate roller coasters and amusement park rides. I love that feeling, but not when I'm 10,000 feet in the sky. (laughs) Um, But then we flew over Sakurajima, which is the Mm. volcano in the bay of Kagoshima. And I have to say, it was incredible. Like, the volcano. Yeah. You, it's, it's a view you can only see from flying over it, mm. uh, but you can't see it from Kagoshima City no, that itself. Was, that
1: was easily the most incredible view I'd ever seen. Mm. Yeah, hands down.
3: The terrifying, because we flew through the kind of sulfuric ash, right? Because <laughs> it's the most active volcano in Japan. Yeah. It was spewing out ash on the day we flew Not
1: only that, but the Cessna had a goddamn window that you could just, like, open up
3: just so you could get, like, the full force of this, like,
1: volcanic sulfur ash.
3: Oh, my God, yes. And I I had the daunting task. The guy who's most afraid of being in a plane had to open a fucking window to let in the air. Like, flying in a plane, 200 miles per hour, probably, I'm going to say, what, 5,000 feet? At least, yeah. Wind coming in in my face, ash and smoke coming in through the from the volcano below. <laughs> oh, my God. The whole but, thing smells of fart. It, yeah. <laughs> it, I think I might have got over my fear of flying, though, because nothing can get more daunting than that experience. No,
1: I mean, you know, I'm flying back to... Tokyo mm. tomorrow and I'm going to say like that flight is going to be
3: easy mode compared to what I experienced <laughs> easy mode yeah. and then after Kagoshima we went on to Yakushima mm-hmm. so Yakushima is a really beautiful island that inspired a lot of Hayao Miyazaki's films you're the expert there Joey was very much our guide on Yakushima because i never been Natsuki never been but Joey's been for four or five days five years ago and yeah
1: so- it's quite a while at least four years ago I went with my girlfriend and uh, yeah it's the island that uh, Hayao Miyazaki the, the guy the head mm. guy Ghibli Studios, he uh, was very much influenced by the very lush environment there, like Princess Mononoke was based off, yeah. there and just, yeah, I mean, you go there and it's like, very, almost otherworldly. Otherworldly. Like the, uh, the, the, the forest. The forests, and yeah, yeah Jerry, just like the wildlife. The
3: first thing we did was, Joey made me hike for like two hours to see a tree. <laughs> it was the most anticlimactic <laughs> Thing. I think we've done. I, I, I'm a little bit disappointed though because like cuz I did uh what
1: was it like a an 8-hour hike, 8 hours hike into into the mountains and I got to see all the best parts of mm. uh, Yakushima and I'm a little disappointed that we just didn't really have the time to go out and actually you know yeah. get a good view of the forest because I think you would have really enjoyed it. But at
3: least it. we saw a top 100 tree in Japan. Top 100 tree. Like uh, Joe was like Follow me mate, I've got an amazing thing to show you up this mountain. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, great, thanks, Joey. We got there and it's just a tree that's hundred like it's it's like three thousand years old. Three thousand years old. is pretty cool. Almost as old as Riotero. And it's a top <laughs> And it was like, this is a tree that's one of the top 100 trees in Japan. It's the top one. Yeah, yeah. Not even a top 10 tree. I mean, it could Two be. Two hours up a mountain. For it God's said sake. top 100. It could have been, you know, number nine out of 100. Could have. Been. <laughs> could have been. We, didn't, we went all that way. We didn't find out. But uh, then Natsuki finally turned up. So mm-hmm. for the first part of the journey, Natsuki wasn't there. And he flew into Yakushima. And the first thing we did was throw him in a waterfall. <laughs> <laughs> Very icy cold water. Natsuki was like, oh, it's my holiday. I want to see a waterfall. And we were like, well. We'll take you to a waterfall, Natsuki. Don't you worry. And while Natsuki was peering over the edge, I th- pushed him in. Uh, that was easily one of the funniest things I'd ever seen because he just was not prepared for it at all. And he lost his beloved pirate outfit, unfortunately. <laughs> so in the posters for journey across Japan, he's wearing his pirate outfit. Yeah. And he was wearing it when he arrived. But uh, yeah, it was gone on the first day. It- we will
1: never know what happened to those pirate pants. It literally, there was about seven cameras pointing At Natsuki at the time, and none of the cameras can figure out where the
3: pirate pants went. He fell in, came out, and his pants were just gone. (laughs) Uh, Yes, there's going to be a lot of mosaicing... Oh, and a lot of blurring out things. In that, very in funny. Um, what else did we do in Yakushima, though? Well, I actually forgot. We did fishing. We did fishing. Failed yeah. there.
1: We couldn't really go out onto the uh, ocean because there was a bit. Uh, the storm was coming in. Yes,
3: yeah, so we had like the worst tropical storm in five years. And in fact, the whole of journey across Japan almost got derailed. Mm. Um, we it was looking like we weren't going to be able to leave the island on the ferry, and so it got kind of dicey and yeah, scary. And it was the it worst did. rain I think I've ever seen in my eight or nine years. In Japan. Yeah, it was intense. But, I mean, we were almost stuck on the island for another day, and it would have really screwed over our plans. And but... we and we were stuck in a barn. <laughs> um, Jerry, in, the, in the middle of a forest. Jerry's friend knew a place that had a barn, and there was a goat, and that was... Yeah. right. most people choose a hotel because it's got a nice bed, or a good bath, or a nice view. Jerry chose a barn <laughs> because it had a goat. I mean, when I stayed
1: there four years ago, Aki <laughs> and I stayed at, like, a fucking five-star, like, hotel. With, like... Why did
3: you put us up in Goat Hotel?
1: Because it was Can cool. We bus- got... A- We got
3: the true island experience. It's Lost Islands for a reason. That's true. Lost (laughs) Islands featuring goats. Uh, Journey across Japan, goat edition. But then we left Yakushima and we drove up back onto the mainland from Kagoshima to Kumamoto to the largest active volcano, actually the largest volcano in Japan. I don't know if it's active. I think it is active. No, it is active. It is active. Yeah. But the super volcano isn't active. Mm. So around Kumamoto, there's the Aso Caldera, and it's a volcano that if it erupts it will probably blow up half of Japan. But fortunately, it hasn't probably. erupted in about 100,000 years. But there is a bit of it on Mount Aso that is still erupting. And we went up there, and that day, we got a challenge. Because it's generally across Japan, we, mm-hmm. we do challenges. And on that day, we got a challenge to make a rap music video in the space of a day. Yeah, we had to rap about our day. Yes. Yeah, but also film it and ride it oh, God. during that day. It was difficult. I did the filming... Joey did the rapping And Natsuki just sort of Was Natsuki Was Natsuki Just danced (laughs) around And did some weird stuff But we did find Some really cool locations We found this like Volcanic ash Desert mm. on the the summit of the volcano, and so there's this, this amazing shot of Natsuki and Joey just rapping on this like <laughs> rock in the middle of a volcanic desert. It looks like Mars. It really does look like another planet. Oh, it's, it's crazy, absolutely crazy. And we also stayed in this dome village that looks like something out of Smurfland or the <laughs> Flintstones. Um, you might have seen it in the Journey Across Japan, the first one when I passed through uh, kumoto Oh, I I well, I walked through it But mm. I wanted to stay the night there So we'd stayed there And uh, yeah Had the hardest beds <laughs> Ever made <laughs> yeah, It was like Sleeping like the Flintstones It was it? sleeping like the Flintstones <laughs> On a bit of concrete On some rocks But uh, it was an interesting backdrop And mm. then We stayed in a nice Ryokan as yeah, well we? Kurokawa Onsen Kurokawa right. Onsen that was, Which was lovely That
1: was probably one of the Nicest Ryokans I've ever stayed in
3: Yeah the most Beautiful Onsen resort In Kishu Kurokawa Onsen Really beautiful uh, But then what do we do the next day? Oh, God. Yeah. So, this whole trip was like a, a trip of firsts for me, mm. like uh, going in a Cessna, mm-hmm. single engine plane, and riding a horse. <laughs> Unbelievable, right? Like, Which,
1: for some reason, you had this, like, unexplained fear of horses. I've never even heard of it. You right. Were like, I'm, I'm afraid to go on a horse. I'm like, what? what?
3: I mean, I've never been on a horse before, right? right. You've been on a horse. Yeah, when I was like 10. Right. That yeah. still counts as going on a horse. Right. I Something about. Riding a living creature, right? <laughs> so we got the challenge. The challenge was, um, I mean, I, I don't want to spoil too much of Journey Across Japan, but yeah. the challenge was—it it, it has some, something to do with horses. Get some sort of transport mm. that's not that's not a transport you used before. Mm. And so I was going to think roller skates or skateboard <laughs> or ski or something, but Joe is like. Oh yeah, there's horses in Kumamoto or something. Yeah, mate. And yeah, I was like, oh, brilliant. Horses. Oh, wow. It's right. like there's two Joey's on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but like Joey really wanted horses. Mm. I wasn't so keen but he, he sort of talked me into it because they were reasonably priced to, to ride yeah. a horse Yeah, $100 yeah and
1: I mean you had this backdrop of this amazing mountain range in Kumamoto as well it looked like a, a
3: western film it all got very Red Dead Redemption very quickly <laughs> yeah, very on that quickly, day yeah. but no I I mean I could talk for an hour about how weird it was riding a horse! Like I won't ever forget that. Like I've never really got the whole culture of horse riding. Mm. You know, I think mm. I had a girlfriend, my first girlfriend, her family did horse riding, but have you ever? Because
1: really like, have you ever like gone to Thailand like uh, no. ridden on an elephant or anything like nah. that? so you've never ridden on like an animal. Before. I've
3: never ridden on an animal. No, I'm th- no no. I'm thinking like, what else could I've ridden? Like a a horse, a donkey, <laughs> a, a, a cat. large dog, <laughs> ridden a cat. No, I've never ridden anything. Wow, and you've ridden things, elephants. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, so you've I, ridden I, I've things. ridden
1: an elephant in Thailand.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Don't specify what I've ridden. Slippery slope. I yeah. So like, the horse was there, mm. and you got on first. Mm-hmm. Natsuki got on his horse. Yeah, and it's important to point out this place, right? Joey got the award-winning horse. That had, like yeah. a, that had won the national horse championship. Yeah, it used to be like a national championship for like equestrian jumping or something. Right, so you got the best horse. Yeah. Nasky got a horse that was already as- just asleep. It's like half asleep the Natsuki's entire time. horse yeah. was asleep. And I got the brand new horse <laughs> that was six years old called Tarachan. Yeah. who di- he, The horse was like, didn't know what was going on. Yeah, it was very confused. And I got on it and I could feel that the horse was scared. Mm. Maybe it was because I'm heavy. And the horse was like, oh, fuck's sake, I got the fat one. And to cut like 85 kilograms of pure British terror yeah. getting on the back. But I got on the horse and he sort of looked around at me. Right. As if to say, oh, fuck, you know, why are you getting on me? Not you. Right. And I could feel the horse was stressed. Right. Um, now at this point, I didn't know the horse was brand new and it hadn't been trained. Only afterwards did they tell me. <laughs> the staff are like Oh yeah you've you got the, the, the horse That doesn't know what's going on And is really scared Brilliant thanks The one guy Can even Natsky Even ridden a horse right yeah, yeah. And I hadn't And I was the terrified one And I got the worst possible horse Yeah So I started riding it And it was it was fun at first I was like oh this is going well mm. And then it kept going Right That's right That's what a horse does <laughs> How does a horse go Oh well, yeah just like that Like that innit yeah. And it was doing that and uh, and I was like, oh, is it supposed to do that? And uh, <laughs> it's supposed to do. That? <laughs> and then, why we stopped on this beautiful mountain, looking over the the best scenery I'd ever seen. Mm. It started like trying to go down to eat the grass, mm. and I was like, no, don't eat the grass. And I sort of pulled it back a bit, and then it got really angry. Yeah, and started like trotting around, doing its own thing. It started like walking off away from the group, and. I, was, I, I got a little bit worried. Like, the mm. horse wasn't obeying my commands as I was, like, pulling on the reins and whatnot. Mm. The horse was just like, fuck this, I'm doing my own thing. <laughs> and then, as I was trying to stop it, it got really stressed and agitated. Right. And so, in the end, I had to sort of dive off of it, mm. jump off of it, and one of, the, um, one of the people at the stable took over. And it, it was still pretty stressed as it rode off into the distance. But that, it kind of spooked me a little bit. Mm. Riding this horse...
1: Yeah, it definitely wasn't the... A- best first experience it for wasn't you. the
3: best experience yeah. so i got spooked riding it um this, this just the idea of riding a living creature with a like a brain and it just it just felt really with weird. its mind of its own well, yeah just a, a sentient creature riding yeah. it. i i didn't realize it would feel so weird until i was doing it um i have more respect for horses though that like, even though the horse and i <laughs> did get off to, to the best relationship right. i i have a lot of respect for horses now i mm. i feel like I, I like them. They're yeah, good. they are just good gentle giants at the
1: end of the day. Right? Gentle giants, yes.
3: Mm. Although I did think, as I got off Talacham and I sort of stumbled off, I found myself behind his legs. I thought, oh my god, if he kicks me, yeah, I'm, I'm done for. Rest I, in peace, face. If he does the, you know, just kicks me from behind. Yeah. Because, you know, I've seen videos all the time online. That doesn't help. Of horses <laughs> like trampling people, smashing yeah. people in the face. And I thought, what a way to go this would be. Yeah. You know. Um, my first time Well, luckily that riding. didn't happen to you. It didn't happen. Yeah. So I survived the Cessna. I survived the horse riding. And on the same day, we went into a cave. <laughs> Fucking. Oh. <laughs> we found, a, like, a weird cave, right, that nobody knows why it's there. This mysterious 2,000-year-old cave that no one knows about. But we sent Natsuki in, like you should always do. Mm-hmm. Natsuki went in first and he discovered a creature <laughs> that looked like it was from alien right <laughs> what was it called where's the photo it, it's it's called a gezi gezi right uh it basically it basically imagine a centipede and a cockroach had a baby <laughs> that's what it looks like i think there's an article cuz we were trying we we discovered this insect right mm. and None of us knew what it was. Mm -hmm. And then one of you looked it up online and discovered what it was. I
1: looked it up because I thought at first it was... Because I had heard about Japan having uh, poisonous centipedes before. Yeah. So, I mean, my Australian brain was... You know, the first instinct was, oh, shit, is this thing poisonous? Naturally. Naturally. It's like, I don't care if it's a creepy crawly. We have plenty of creepy crawlers. But if this thing bites me and it's, you know potentially could harm me, then that's when it's bad news. So I looked it up because I didn't know
3: what it was either. So I looked it up and luckily, it's not poisonous. It's not poisonous, but it doesn't stop it being any less horrifying. Yeah, it's still
1: one of the most terrifying things I've seen. There's
3: an article on Mm. tofugu.com. Just type into Google 10 horrifying insects that will keep you away from Japan. (laughs) Now, I've lived here nine years, right? And I've Mm -hmm. never seen this before. No, me neither. I thought... See, I didn't see this creature with my own eyes. Naski went in with Norm, our mm-hmm. cameraman, Tokyo Lens, and we heard screams—lots of screams. I never heard Norm scream yeah. like that in my life. He screamed like a girl. And I- um, to be fair, I probably would. Looking at the photo of this right now, right. I feel like it. But go <laughs> to the article: uh, ten ten terrifying—sorry, ten horrifying insects that will keep you away from Japan. And the insect in question is number five on the list. Yeah. And it's called House Centipede, Geji geji. Yeah. And I feel, oh, fucking, I can't look at it. It's really bad.
1: (laughs) The more I look at it, the more, like,
3: just insane this thing looks. I feel ill just looking at it, but I refused mm. to go in the cave once I'd seen that picture. Yeah. Once Norm and Natsuki came out and identified it online.
1: Well, yeah, they came out, and so I looked it up, and I realised, okay, it's not poisonous, so that made me, personally, a lot more comfortable to go in, so I went in as well, uh, just because I wanted to go inside a 2,000-year-old cave. I was like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I took three steps in, and I looked up at the ceiling, and there's just two of them, oh. just kind of staring back at me, and I'm like... I know you won't harm me, oh. but uh, I'm not going to go into this game.
3: <laughs> <laughs> See, I get a lot of questions from people asking, like, "Oh, Chris, I'm scared of going to Japan. Mm. I've seen there's spiders and snakes and hornets and stuff." And you know, I'm a what's what's someone who's afraid of insects called? Is it really? It's uh, well, it's not arachnophobia. That's no that's spiders. spiders, right? But I mean, I I'm very. I you know I can get You don't get, like creepy crawlies. I don't like creepy crawlies. Mm. I can I'm scared of flying, but I'll get in the Cessna and open a window while flying two hundred miles per hour <laughs> over an active volcano through the plumes of sulfuric acid and I'll ride a horse yeah. but I will not go into a tunnel if there's a human centipede thing. <laughs> human centipede. It might as well have been. I'm not going in and I didn't and I don't yeah. regret that. And it's horrible and you will see in the video but it's seriously messed up. Anyway, yeah. that was that was the low point of the trip. <laughs> <laughs> as far as I was concerned. What do we do next? Oh, and then we stayed in a Dutch theme park. Yeah, that's... House ten Bosch. That still is one of the weirdest...
1: Places I've ever stayed. It's I think isn't it the biggest amusement park in Japan in
3: terms of land yeah. size? like it's so, bigger than Disneyland and Disney Sea, right? So just outside of Nagasaki, and I'm, I'm sure many of you who know your Japan will know this place because it often comes up in the guidebooks. But mm. I've never been there, mm. and so because the Dutch arrived in Japan in the I think the 1500s, mm-hmm. and had a have a very strong trading relationship with Japan historically. Yep. To commemorate this. Wonderful thing! They built the biggest <laughs> theme park in Japan. And it's just, it's just Holland. It's just the Netherlands. It's just a recreation of Holland. Yeah. And it's, it, it, You know what? You know when you go to a theme park and it's just a tacky recreation of somewhere. Mm. They knocked this place out of the park. Like this is really quite. Impressive. I mean, I've
1: been to Amsterdam about, f- oh not Amsterdam, Netherlands, about four or five times. Mm. and It really did look and feel yeah. like the Netherlands. Like they
3: built, they've rebuilt this whole town brick by brick. They've yeah. got active. Active windmills. They've got they've <laughs> got uh, a tower, some sort of ch- cathedral tower. Mm. Uh, they've got bikes. We rode around on bikes. Yeah, that was, oh, it's that was really fun. It was yeah. Really good and Heineken. <laughs> Steal yeah. the deal. Beautiful, beautiful. I mean just it just blew
1: my mind just like the the, the rivers and mm. uh what's not it's not the call of rivers. Canals, that's it. Yes. The canals and like just the architecture just it's just straight up felt like like I took a f- couple of photos while I was there. And I look back at it now and I was like, if I showed this
3: to someone and asked them where it was, they would not say Japan. Absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah, and th- I think that day we took some photos of Natsuki and uh, <laughs> He was delighted, because for yeah. him, he, he doesn't get to travel outside Japan much, unfortunately. And uh, Finatsky was like, it was like going abroad. Oh, you know? He, he, like going he could absolutely go to his friends and be like, yeah, I just went to the Netherlands yeah. like- last <laughs> week. So that was really good. Um, and then we went to an abandoned island. We visited two abandoned islands mm. in the last few days. And I won't say too much about those. I want to keep those under wraps. But uh, they were very, very cool. Very, very cool. One yeah. of them... Uh, is Gunkanjima which you probably mm-hmm. might have heard before guys it's the place Battleship Island Battleship Island and if you've seen the film Skyfall James mm-hmm. Bond there's a scene there where James Bond meets uh, Javier Bardem's character on an island mm-hmm. and it's kind of that island is inspired by this island Gunkanjima mm-hmm. and uh, yeah beautiful place Incredible, and looking forward to sharing that in the video. And then we've just been in Nagasaki the last few days. Yeah, just kind of unwinding after a
1: very eventful week.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's felt like, honestly, the longest week of my life. Yeah, same. When I think back to the Dutch theme park, or the volcano, or the insects... When I think back to the Cessna, it feels like a month ago, and it was only last week. It's incredible how, I mean... It's incredible how you can make, like, a week feel like a month by just doing mm. loads of things and getting out there. And, you know, I haven't travelled around as much in the last month because of the whole COVID situation. Mm. I've been indoors, and it's it's so cool. Like, when you sit indoors for a week, the time just goes really fast and yeah. nothing happens. So it's nice to go out and do something new. So I've really enjoyed it, and mm. I'm very excited to share that journey with you all in the coming weeks. And we're hoping to have the first episode out in the second half of May. Ooh. But... Uh, And there's going to be, I think, five episodes. I said six in all the promotions, Hmm. but I think we're going to whittle it down to five and combine the first two into one big super video. Five
1: action-packed episodes. Five
3: action-packed videos. Each one going to be probably about 25 minutes long, so a bit longer than the original, uh, than the uh, the second series. So that's look forward to. Uh, We're going to take a quick quick break, but we're back in a moment for the fax machine answering your questions.
2: Join us on the Football Ramble as we explore the ridiculous world of football. We bring in-depth analysis of the biggest moments like Bruno Fernandez's one-eyed penalties. It sounds like a Metallica song.
3: Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, one eye open. <laughs> but if you have one eye closed, you know your perception. So imagine yeah. if you tried the dink and it just like went like two feet in front of him. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Every weekday we cover the good, the bad and the Newcastle. Although Shelby wasn't surprised Either he said the way they play isn't great, <laughs> <laughs> and you couldn't fucking beat them, could you? <laughs> could Shelby be the mole? Did <laughs> Bruce accuse the mole of treason <laughs> <laughs> to the Jordy <laughs> nation? Yeah, putting the football world to rights. If you want to put a message on a T-shirt under your shirt, so take like it off your mind. Yeah, that is an absolute minefield in the
3: dressing room. Don't worry, lads. I will put it in another language. Do you know how many languages <laughs> that man <laughs> speaks, <With> Roy? Yeah,
2: <laughs> I like, like, like what with Roy. We're here with the biggest stories from the sport we love, and we want you to get involved too. Search the Football Ramble on your favourite podcast player to listen now. This was a Stakhanov production.
3: Now we're back with the fax machine. Uh, we can answer your questions this week, guys, and. Obviously, because Pete is not here, I'm going to replace... Every time you said Pete, I'm going to replace it with Joey. So Joey doesn't feel sad. (laughs) And the first one is from... Leanne Leanne from Florida Hey Chris and Joey hope you guys are good So I'm going back to school next semester to finally finish my degree so I can teach English in Japan I really love teaching and language study but that aside it's been my dream to live there since I was young when my grandpa would tell me about his time living there I know most ALT uh, teaching programs don't really let you pick where you end up but just for funsies funsies I've never said that word that's for funsies just for funsies because you guys help me figure out the best suited place for me to live I've been to Japan so who knows where I would like but here are a few things about me and what I would be wanting in my new hometown Mm -hmm. Um, I would like all four seasons I prefer mild summers I hate the heat (laughs) I like shrines and temples I like onsens and hot springs Mm -hmm. I like the city but close to more rural areas she wants wants everything (laughs) I love going on walks while I explore new places decent enough nightlife oh that's a tough one Uh opportunities for work during school holidays such as tutoring or adult class Opportunities for getting involved in the community, mm. not too touristy. That's my list. I hope that wasn't too much, guys. I just want some insights on where I should shoot. Thank you, guys. Leanne from Florida. Honestly, after reading
1: all of those, mm. I can only think of one place, and oh, that really? would be Sapporo. Ah, because Sapporo oh. is has you know has all four seasons. Preferred mid you know mild summers because yeah, yeah. it doesn't really get hot. Because it's up in Hokkaido. Absolutely, lots of shrines and temples, onsens, obviously. Mm, mm. Uh, Sapporo is—it's a city, but there are lots of rural areas around it. Yeah, yeah. As well, uh, you know, people are very open and friendly up there. When it comes to nightlife, you know, you can go to, to it's very place, good nightlife like, in Sapporo Skino has oh, fucking amazing. amazing nightlife there, um, and it's not too touristy. Like, you know, yeah, there are yeah. lots of tourists who go to Sapporo, but I feel it's mostly only during the winter time, like during the snow festival and stuff like that. But other than that, you know. It's not You don't really see a lot of tourists there. Um, I mean, obviously, I don't know anything about the opportunities for work during school holidays or anything, but... i
3: that be there. It's this big city. It's yeah. a big city. But everything else, I, I feel like it fits the bill pretty well. Absolutely. I'd say probably Matsuyama springs to mind mm. in Ehime Prefecture. It just has amazing onsens. It's a beautiful location. Uh, good nightlife. Yeah, I mean, I whenever I go to Matsuyama, I think... This is the place I would have, if I could go back in time and choose where I live in Japan, Mm. it'd probably be there. Although, to be honest, I probably wouldn't change it because everything's worked out very well. (laughs) And I'd never have met Natsuki, but like, you know, Matsuyama is the place for me. I've never been. Have you never been?
1: I mean, I kind of stopped by Ehime after I mm. did
3: the Shimanami Kaido. I like oranges. Yeah. Lots of oranges. Lots you oranges... That's, that's all I end. know about Ikiman is that they love oranges. <laughs> <laughs> so Sapporo and uh, Matsuyama. And mm. they couldn't be further apart either. Uh, we've got one from Katerina. Do you want to read that out? Yeah, sure. Big job. Hello, Chris and Joey. I hope you are well. We are. Uh, my name is Katerina. I am
1: from Portugal, but I am currently living in London. I really love listening to the podcast whilst I revise for my dreadful A-levels, but you guys are helping me through it. As a 17-year-old, I am very worried for what my future holds, as nowadays in school, I'm constantly asked about unis, careers, finance, life choices, blah, blah, blah. My question is, what advice would you give your 17-year-old selves going into adulthood? Keep up the good work, sending loads of love, and stay safe. Wow. 17 years old. That was Uh, was
3: like last Tuesday for you, wasn't it? (laughs) Last Tuesday. How old are you now? 26. Oh, you know what's scary?
1: 17 years old. Would be this year? Would be ten years ago? That's, that's
3: I'm crazy. turning twenty-seven this year. How do you think I bloody feel? <laughs> yeah, I remember. You know, I yeah, remember seventeen was like forty years ago. Oh, think, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna throw <laughs> you out a window on the way back to Tokyo. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I remember being seventeen and uh, not having a clue what to do. Oh, I'm, I'm really I mean, panicking because you, you do have to choose everything, right? And you, you're not really prepared at that age mm. to make those big decisions. I mean, I remember when you were seventeen and just. All the
1: teachers around you and all the adults around you are like, you got to start thinking about your career, you know, what you mm. want to do when you grow up, what, what you need, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I'm just like, I'm still a child. Like,
3: absolutely. I can't even drink yet. I mean, you I, know? yeah, I, I, I chose business, English, literature, media, and film for A levels, right? I don't know what you have in Australia. Do you have A levels? Or oh, what is an A level? It's kind of like the. Like, like the, majors? The, the pre, before university, you take mm. four, kind of, or three or four subjects. Right, right. I like to kind of, like, major in. Yeah, right?
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Before I mean, we kind of have that in Australia. It's it's more like a... Just, you kind of pick subjects that you right, want right. to, like, study. So I think I did... The equivalent would, for me, be physics, music, uh, math,
3: and... See, that's something. Oh, and uh, IT. See, in the UK, those would be considered hard subjects, right? In the, right. In the UK, like, you, you get judged by hard and soft and... Three of mine were soft. Mm. Media, film, and business are kind of looked down upon. Why and is that? Because you, it, it's the, kind of the sciences and the maths and all this shit. Oh. You've got to do like that. And so I did English literature, which right. is considered a, a hard subject. And right. the, I fucking hated it. And I <laughs> regret doing it. And that's the, the tragedy is I, I regret doing that. I should have done history. But you well, know what? Like, things worked out pretty well. And mm. I'd say... I mean, say, what did you want to like, do at uni? This is the thing i was I was seventeen I really didn 't care about being an adult or i didn 't really think about my career at the time. Mm. I just sort of said i 'll be a film director that' would be fun right but i didn 't truly believe i'd ever get there mm. because to become a film director in the u k is incredibly difficult and you 've got to know mm. someone or you 've got to be very lucky or very wealthy to go to a uh, film school and yeah. it's, i was just so after when I became eighteen I left school suddenly dawned on me that even if I went to uni and did film for three years, odds are I wasn't going to end up in that mm. sector. So I took a gap year. I worked in an office. I realized it's important to get a degree maybe to, to not work in an office. <laughs> yeah. And that gave me the motivation to get a degree that I didn't want. Right. But like, I don't know, it, life gets a lot easier when you have a rough sense of direction. And after I decided I wanted to live in Japan and experience living overseas and and sort of, I didn't really have a clear career path. Mm. As I went into university, I just thought it'd be really fun to live overseas and see what happens and have an adventure. And who knows what will happen. I
1: mean, to be honest, I don't think I don't think there's any 17-year-old out there who's figured out what they want to do, right? Like, yeah, I, I think they say to themselves, you know, yeah, I, I know exactly what I want to be, but. I mean, I know so many people, you know, first year at uni, they realize, oh, maybe this thing that I've been striving for is not
3: exactly what I want to do. Absolutely. And after I... So I was going to do film at university. I decided, probably a bit risky. Mm. So I took a gap year. And in that gap year, working in that office, as boring as the job was and as depressing as it was, I learned a lot about the world. And I Mm. realized, well, because I didn't want to do that, it made me a lot more motivated to get things done. And I wanted to start my own business. And so I'd say... To a lot of people listening, if you're going to go to university, mm. take a gap year, because in that year, you'll really discover a lot about yourself, and you'll probably have a much clearer sense of direction once you've experienced the adult working life, mm. uh, because otherwise you're just going from school to university for another three years on a treadmill of education that seems never-ending until mm. you're 25, and then you're finally released into the world. But like, if you take a gap year, you get some time to experience the world, and then you go to university. And when I went to university... Uh, after my gap year I was a lot more mature than mm. I was a year beforehand um, so that's what I'll say just take a gap year and think carefully about it but like really I think it all works out in the end mm. if you have a, yeah. sen- a rough sense of di- direction yeah but it's a tough one isn't it
1: yeah d- you'll be alright Katarina. you'll be alright
3: <laughs> you'll be alright uh, one from Hannah says, Hi Chris and Joey, how has your week been? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love that. Uh, just a big serious discussion. Let, let us tell you about it. <laughs> yeah. I've been a subscriber to Abroad in Japan for years and in the last few months I've been catching up on the podcast. What a treat it has been. I'm in the UK and been through the ups and downs of lockdown throughout the year or so and learnt a lot about myself. I'm less accepting and aware of what makes me happy. Long story short, my six-year relationship has come to an end recently. All for the best and I'm much happier. Wonderful, wonderful Mm. stuff, Hannah. What are some key points you have learned about yourselves that had we not experienced this pandemic, you may have taken longer to learn, or perhaps not have learned at all? Mm. I'm learning vicariously through your experiences in Japan. It's fascinating, and I plan to have my own experiences there once I'm able to. Thank you, guys. All the best. Take care, Hannah. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting question. Oh, man. How's the pandemic changed you, animation man? I don't know. I mean, it's certainly
1: kind of... uh... It certainly made me realize a lot of, I guess, lost hobbies I had once had. Yeah, because, um, I mean, for example, uh, growing up, I did a lot of sports. Right. Like, I played tennis for, like, 12 years or whatever it was, Mm. and I used to play, you know, like football and cricket and stuff like that as I was growing up and I was a very sporty kid and then mm, mm. it's up until I'd say quite recently that I've had this really strange urge to like get back into playing sports
3: oh, cool. I don't know what it is
1: I, I mean you know maybe it's because I was so busy with you know doing this whole YouTube thing and all that kind of stuff mm, and like, mm. getting into all these different hobbies that didn't really involve sports where you know, or maybe it's the fact that I was just inside the whole time, and I was like, I kind of want to move my body around a little bit more. Fair than, point. Than just you know, office to the fridge and then back to the office. Right, <laughs> it's not very movie. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like, there's, I've actually been kind of looking around, being like, I wonder if there's any like places, you know, where I can actively just go and play like a game of tennis, or you know, maybe pick mm-hmm. up a new sport or something. I don't know. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been great. It's been interesting, and you know, like kind of. I've been
3: getting back into like reading a lot more books and stuff like that. Wow! And, uh... God, it sounds like the pandemic's done you wonders, Joey. It honestly, it's, it's, <laughs> it's weird the that... best thing that's ever happened. Yeah, as weird as
1: it is to say, it's it really has kind of just re-sparked my love for all these hobbies that I've kind of lost
3: wow. along the way. Yeah. What yeah. about you? Uh, no, there's nothing like that <laughs> that's to me. Nothing of value's happened. The <laughs> only thing that's happened is I feel sad I can't see my friends and family in the oh, UK. Oh yeah, that's true. Uh, my family have discovered video chat. Which is awful, because oh, like every day five times I'll get like a video from someone back <laughs> really? home who will just... Yeah, so that's that's annoying. But um, no, I miss my friends and family, and mm. uh, it's made me feel like Japan is further away. Yeah, definitely. Because it's difficult to, to leave Japan, and obviously as a foreigner, as we've talked about in this podcast, mm. Japan has not done a very good job allowing foreigners to going in and out of but, japan but on the other side you know it's also made me value my friendships in japan as well right because am i valued as a friend yes you are Chris. That's, that's brilliant <laughs> and also i feel like um i've become a lot more wary of time and i've always mm. been wary about time and if you you guys listen to this podcast a lot i always go on about seizing the day and trying to make every day count something Exactly. (laughs) Like, uh, you know, and and also the fact that I turned 30 last year. Mm. My image of being 30 years old was surrounded by, you know, 20, 30 friends, having a drink, having Mm. a laugh, singing karaoke or some crap like that. (laughs) Instead, it was just me in a room, doing a live show, drinking in a room alone, while talking to like 4,000 people on a live chat. So that was kind of cool. But like, I've been very wary of my age and I feel like, I have to make every day count for something. And uh, certainly coming on this trip, doing Journey Across mm-hmm. Japan, this action packed week of mayhem and madness. And to be fair, it's probably knocked a few years off my life from the stress alone. But like, I've just done so much, mm. you know, so many firsts in one week. So going forward, I want to make sure I don't spend as much time just sitting in a room doing nothing. I want yeah. to make more of my time. I just want to stop procrastinating by sitting on Reddit all day. <laughs> uh, the one from Michael, who says... Or is this what? This is your one. Go on, give a read. Oh, okay. Uh,
1: Aloha, Chris and Joey from sunny Maui, Hawaii. Uh, in your last episode, you were discussing Japanese idioms. So, yes, absolutely we were. <laughs> oh, you weren't there, yeah. Such as, uh, even monkeys fall from trees. Oh, yeah. so, cool. so, I thought I'd share my favorite kotowaza or proverb, which I learned in my high school Japanese language class. kage. Uh, cool that the literal translation is along the lines of if you gossip, shadow. Whoa. But the implied meaning is akin to the English proverb, speak of the devil and he shall appear. The Japanese version is so memorable because it feels both poetic and ominous. Uh, thank you, gents, for your fine podcast. It's a delight for us
3: Japanese Japan enthusiasts here in Hawaii. Wonderful. Yes, uh, a few weeks ago we talked about proverbs. Mm. As you said, "Sarumoki kikara ochiru, evil monkeys fall from trees. The other one was Neko koban." Neko koban. yeah. Coins to a cat. Yeah. So I feel whenever I <laughs> spend money on Natsuki. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have any proverbs you like?
1: Um, yeah, my favorite proverb is... Um, uh, oh, my God. I've, oh, I've drawn a blank what, What's your favourite proverb While I think
3: of my favourite proverb Well Nekonikomam Oh Why is it It just sounds funny I just picture throwing coins at a cat The literal <laughs> act of throwing a coin at a cat <laughs> It's
1: like here I, you I,
3: go I, no, I, I, You know I don't like animal abuse Right right I'm thinking Just the Yeah uh, my, <laughs> I just
1: remember my favourite one My favourite one is Suiteki ishiogatsu f- What's that Which is uh, Raindrops will sharpen the stone Ah, oh, so is that about like how t- time? It's basically about if you if you uh, are patient enough and you take the time, mm. then eventually things will work out and things will smoothen out. Uh-huh. Ah, yeah, it's like uh, I don't know. Very as as you said uh in your message, it's you know a lot of Japanese idioms are very very poetic and very
3: visual. I Absolutely, find.
1: and that's why I like
3: them. Yeah, that's a good proverb for Caterina. Yeah, exactly. About the whole- being 17 years old and wondering yeah. what's going on. So you, think
1: you, on. Should, you know, just, just give it some time, be patient with it, and eventually it will shape out in the way
3: that you want it to. Absolutely. And following on from that proverb and Caterina a few minutes ago with the A-levels, right? Mm. I forgot to mention I did really badly in some of my A-levels. I got like a B and a C. Mm. And just look at me now yeah, I'm riding horses He's worked out Riding horses and Riding horses and Cessnas all over Japan Exactly So don't worry if you get a C <laughs> In your English literature Stupid English uh, We've got one from Charan He says hello Chris and Joey All the lovely guests that you have Oh wow. Oh, it's he, me He predicted My name is Charan And I'm an engineering student from India Planning to migrate to Japan To work and settle there after my graduation I've got four job offers from Japanese companies Damn Well done The locations are Tokyo Osaka, Fukuoka, mm-hmm. and Sapporo. Uh, my question to you is where should I accept work and why? Uh, I'll be graduating in, in seven or eight months because the virus postponed everything. Mm. I've never visited Japan in my life, but I'm now determined to go because of how wonderful your work is. Sorry for the long question. Love your work. Wish you all the best. Charan. Thank you very much, Charan. Very kind. Mm. Well, Tokyo, Osaka, Fukuoka, or Sapporo?
1: Well, I mean, you live in Tokyo, so I you're going to be biased. In Tokyo. I mean, well, I mean, it's not to say it's my favorite. Biased. <laughs> I mean, uh, we were talking uh, previously in the first message about Sapporo.
3: That's and, true. You know, yeah. Sapporo is a lovely city. I oh, it's a tough one. Mm. I really like Fukuoka. Mm. It's a really beautiful city. I'm I'm quite biased towards Osaka. I do like Osaka because I've had a lot of good experiences there. The best nightlife in Japan, hands yeah. down. The Amazing most like food. open, friendly people as well. The people there are just incredible. Yeah, um, like my all my friends in Osaka. They find it so easy to like befriend Japanese people there, mm. compared to up north um, where I live in Tohoku. People are kind of shy. So mm. yeah, I'd say Osaka gets my vote. It's a big city. Yeah, lots of opportunities. You've got Kobe on your doorstep. You've got uh, you've got Mario Land now, Super Nintendo Land. Oh, yeah. uh, Universal Studios. Yeah, and you Got Kyoto just up the road, about uh-huh. forty minutes away by train. So yeah, yeah.
1: Nara is close as well. Absolutely. Shiga's close. Lots of great places to go. So I'm saying Osaka. What are you saying? I probably have to agree. Really, I mean, it's a tie between Osaka and Sapporo for me. But you know, just from how you have so many other prefixes mm. at your doorstep, whereas Sapporo, you really only have Hokkaido yeah right and So you've got to fly all the way down unfortunately yeah or you can take the the Seikon Shinkansen but that's it's not cheap it's not cheap and it's a long way away so it's a very long I, it. I would
3: say all we'll suck as well yeah there you go Charon good good luck mate mm-hmm. best of luck with that but thank you guys for all your questions this week um, sorry about again the delay on the last episode and sorry if I seem tired because I am tired it's <laughs> been a long week and yes Joey and I have uh Half dead today You
1: know I I will say though Chris
3: Yes This was probably The most fun trip I've ever been on Wow Yeah It was money well spent Absolutely Fantastic But uh, we Are looking forward To sharing this Adventure, hmm. this crazy adventure with <laughs> Adventure month. is an understatement. Well, like, I'm yeah, it was. I'm looking forward to watching it all back. To be honest, if, same. I mean, Joey and I, we did the ending to the video the other day, uh, just yesterday, and um, <laughs> we
1: couldn't even remember we half the stuff hi- we did. Yeah, I
3: was like, "What's your highlight, Joey?" And was like, um, <laughs> "the The breakfast
2: this morning,"
3: and like we forgot, we forgot all the stuff we'd yeah. done. So, I'm looking forward to reliving it and living vicariously through the episodes. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'll be back later in the week with another special guest who's not Joey and not Pete Donaldson. I won't spoil it, but uh, he is someone who's lived in Japan a long time, knows the Japanese language better than anyone, uh, and is a really awesome guy. But for now, guys, as always, many thanks for listening. And I will look forward to seeing you right back here on the Abroad Japan podcast on Thursday. But for now, have a good one. Bye for now. Bye, Joey. Bye. Bye.
2: This was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creative Network.
0: Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth.